0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get back into it. John Turley-Ewart, Ernie Eves. It's our roundtable discussion, Wednesday-style. And, you know, somebody referenced China earlier. I guess it was you mockingly suggesting, you know, three Canadians have now been spirited away, the disappeared ones.
1: Coincidence has never ceased to amaze me. Well,
0: uh, now... (laughs) Here's where it gets interesting. Justin Trudeau, I guess, uh, who admires the Chinese ability to turn things around on a dime. Uh, maybe he can just put in a phone call and they'll turn things around on a dime. Uh, so he
1: and Trump do have something in common. Yeah. Well, yeah. They both want to be dictators.
0: <laughs> or is that just the prefix? Uh, Justin does go on to explain why he has yet to pick up the phone and call Chinese President Xi Jinping about Canadians being seized. Listen
2: we put a much higher priority than other governments have on sticking up for Canadians overseas, on being active in engaging with them. And we've demonstrated a, a, a certain level of success by escalating them through the proper processes, not going already into um, into a, a, a place where uh, we might have unintended consequences for a top level of engagement.
0: Unintended consequences. I don't know. What, what, what would those be exactly, John? Well, no. they,
2: it would be <laughs> (laughs) 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 precisely. I mean, look, there's there's no doubt that back channel negotiations and diplomacy are important. Uh, But the fact is, is that, you know, Trudeau is not uh, Pompeo down in the States who called out the Chinese on these arrests. uh, And he's not going to uh, get into, uh, you know, an argument with them uh, in the media. Uh, That's just not the way liberals do business. And frankly, I would suggest that Christian Freeland, his foreign affairs minister, has probably told him not to do it. We need to step back. We need to follow the judicial process. And then we'll see what where we end up once this uh, lady from Huawei, her case has been adjudicated and we see where she goes. And then if she does go down to the States, that's when it's going to get even more interest.
0: Well, isn't that fine? You know, if you contrast the two approaches, because uh, they don't mind poking the bear where Trump is concerned, but uh, with the Chinese leader, they're taking a, let's just... Uh tread very carefully and not even wield a big stick.
2: Well, I, it's, I, I think part of the reason for that is, is that, again, there's a lot of business connections between, uh, you know, Ottawa and Beijing. There's a lot of hope for business. And, and quite frankly, you know, in the energy sector as well, the Chinese have been big investors. So we don't want another Saudi Arabia. Remember when the Saudis said, we're, we're pulling all our doctors out of Canada, mm. you've offended us? I mean, that was, uh, that was just a, a diplomatic uh, mess. I think that has uh, weighed on their minds, and I think they very much want to do the back-channel, avoid that, don't want to have any more uh, economic upheaval running into an election year where someone in, in Ottawa says something that is uh, taken by the Chinese uh, the wrong way, and the result is people lose jobs in Canada.
0: All right. Uh, if that's the case, and by the way, you reference Saudi Arabia, Justin Trudeau has been talking now about because whereas before he was making noise that, well, you know, the lav deal from uh... london ontario with general dynamics down there is a fifteen billion dollar deal and to uh, breach it or withdraw would cost us a billion dollars and that's cost prohibitive now he's saying uh... we're looking for a way to cancel this deal whether it's thirteen or fifteen billion i've heard both numbers used uh... ernie should canada canada because of this khashoggi affair and uh, i guess you know human rights have been violated by the saudis they're uh, complicit in that civil war there in yemen uh, should we break the deal? Cancel the deal?
1: Well, there's several points of view on that. One is, of course, that the the company in London employs, I believe, three or four thousand people. Right. So you have to think about that. Um, they have to go out on its own. Canada really doesn't make much of an impact, quite frankly, on Saudi Arabia. The Saudis could probably care less what Canada does. But if you had the cooperation of some other Western nations that are willing to, you know, read the Riot Act, as it were, or perhaps not that strongly to Saudi Arabia, then they might actually listen. But I doubt that you're ever going to get the United States with the current president to do that. There are other countries that seem to cozy up to Saudi Arabia, so you're sort of fighting a battle all on your own. It's like the whole climate change thing. Yes, you know, Canada could clean up every ounce of pollution it has tomorrow morning at nine o'clock and it would make very little impact on the clean air in the world you have to get everybody on the same page or at least most countries on the same page working together to be effective well
0: or is it a, a signal between the chinese uh that we now have uh with the canadians that have you know been taken into custody there uh, and what John was just saying you know work the back channels and uh, try to keep a muted response uh, don't start grandstanding and uh- is maybe Justin Trudeau learning a lesson in real politic here. You know, the virtue signaling is okay when nothing really
1: is at stake. Well, this isn't part-time teaching now. Well, <laughs> right,
0: or <laughs> snowboard instructing. <laughs> so this, in the term of real politic, uh, he's getting an education, and you can't just be shooting from the lip all the time.
2: Well, it, not just that, though. There's also the whole question of principles. So if you're going to stand on principle against the human rights violations that the Saudis uh, exercise, what about the Chinese? They do the same thing. You know, and people forget about the Uyghurs in 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 uh, in China. Right? Uh, uh, you think their human rights are respected by the Chinese? You think the Falun Gong's the human rights are by, respected Chinese by the Christians Chinese Christians are persecuted? Exactly. So 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 the question really comes down of, on Saudi Arabia. Here's here's what my policy uh, proposal would be if I was in the Prime Minister's office: cancel it. I would not give them those those uh, those weapons because I don't want to be a part of their. Uh, activities abusing people's human rights. At the same time, I'd build a pipeline out west so we're not importing Saudi oil, and I'd build one out east too so that we're not importing Saudi oil. So you can't have it both ways. You can't, on the one hand, said we don't want to be part of this Saudi deal, but on the other hand, we're going to pay them millions and millions of dollars for their oil so they can just buy it from other parts of the world. I mean, you have to have a consistent policy. Well,
0: uh, but then the jobs at stake in London, Ontario, about 3,000-plus... How does he ameliorate that? Does he say, folks, by the way, now that you're unemployed, you can go work the oil patch because we're going to build this pipeline. They can build,
2: build the pipeline, pipeline. <laughs> in Ontario.
0: Okay, well, you the know, Energy from East west, thing. Right
2: across, Energy
0: East. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Ernie, I mean, as a former premier, uh, what did you make of the premier of Quebec's uh, comments that uh, there ain't going to be any pipeline? We're not bringing in any oil into this province, yet they're the beneficiaries <laughs> of these transfer payments. What did you make of this guy? He's well, a conservative, too. I <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know him personally. I you know, the there're lots of reasons for this, but the province of Quebec has always been treated special. They're treated special when it comes not just to to language and cultural issues, but they're treated especially when it comes to transfer payments. They're treated specially, you know, when it comes to paying off have not provinces they're treated specially when it comes to energy issues they're treated specially when it comes to Bombardier i mean we can go on and on and on and on and the reality is that governments that have been in power of both political stripes have catered to Quebec because they want though they don't want to lose those seats that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day, in my opinion. It's all politics. It's all about, I don't want to lose any seats in Quebec. I don't want to lose any seats in British Columbia. I don't have any seats virtually in Alberta anyway, so who cares? I mean, that's basically what these pol- how these policies are being driven. Instead of, as John says, by what makes economic sense or what makes sense on the basis of principle. If you're going to have principles, then stand up for them. All the time, regardless of the political cost.
2: And, and I would say there's a lack of creativity. Remember the whole um, uh, debate about blood diamonds out of Africa, right? And how that was positioned to to promote Canadian diamonds. Mm-hmm. Same thing with oil. Are you telling me that Quebecers would rather have oil from the Saudis? with the blood mm-hmm. in their hands, as opposed from Albertans and people in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. I think if it was positioned that way, the debate might be a little different. And I noted that the Quebecers are one of the biggest buyers of SUVs and using gas right. these days. So. Yes, yes, they are. So. Uh, increasingly
0: so, which is kind of a counterproductive or counterintuitive. But you Don't, know,
2: here don't in,
1: put any Alberta gas in those things. <laughs> well, you know, here, here Alberta, in Ontario, like you know, it's
0: become uh, something of... Uh, a conundrum for Doug Ford's administration because he's been in he's inherited this colossal deficit and debt, and so he's got to find efficiencies and making cuts. And uh, depending on whose ox is being gored on any given day, uh, you'll read about it in the Toronto Star or other such where uh, he's killing these important programs, like the Toronto Catholic District School Board says the government's cutting they're cutting programs, uh, 25 million out of a budget of 400 million. You know, that uh, were sort of uh, education programs other, under that heading other, meaning after school type of tutoring and uh, for indigenous youth to assume leadership roles and so on and so forth. And I guess the Ford government said this is kind of frivolous spending and uh, it's justifiable to cut. But man, uh, listening to the left they're in high dudgeon saying, we told you so, this guy's going to come in there with an axe and start slashing things that are really the lifeblood of our future and so on and so forth. John, how do you see it?
2: Well, he said it too. We're, of course we're going to cut. I mean, that the whole problem with the, our, the way the economy has been managed under the Liberals is the, the third greatest expense that we have in Ontario is our interest. You know, it's going to be come to a point where we won't be able to afford to have health care uh, or... <laughs> Now it's hard to even afford that. I would say, look, to the Catholic school board, you learn raise a lot of money through Share Life every year. You can find $25 bucks. Bet you can if you really wanted to do it.
0: Right. Be self-sufficient. Uh, is that a good political answer, Ernie?
2: Well, I, I think
1: it's easy to find 5% efficiencies if you let each ministry look at the programs in its own ministry, how it can save not just programs, but quite frankly, bureaucracy administration costs, how you can run things more efficiently. I think every single ministry could find 5%, and I think that's basically what the premiers asked them to do. Now, you can quibble about this program or that program or this position or that position. I guess that's fair discussion, but uh, I would say one thing, though, a subject that's near and dear to my heart is special education, and I really don't think we should ever be touching that. In fact, if anything, we should be increasing it, not decreasing it. You know, people forget the mean Mike Harris government actually increased special education funding from about $400 million a year to $900 million a year, going to $1.2 billion. And One of the first things McGinty's government did was scrap the next increases to one point two. They were so concerned about education. He was the education premier, as I recall. He likes to define himself. But who gives a shit about the people with special education needs? <laughs> All right. Uh, not, he- not that I feel strongly about it.
0: Mm. I was going to say, uh, and you know we're still on, right? Uh, we'll, we'll come back. Uh, there are several other things that we'll address here. With uh,
1: We may not be on after the break. Well, At least no, I may not be. I don't know.
0: It's good to see uh, you're bringing it with passion. Ernie Eves, a former Premier and Finance Minister, John Turley-Ewart, uh, who's dealt with capital markets, and that's one of the questions I've got in a moment when we return, hopefully, here on the Oka Show, Global <laughs> News Radio, 640 Toronto.